This is episode 148, The Power of Masculine Vulnerability with Nicholas. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. And this is another special episode, which you can listen to, or you can go and watch on YouTube. As I mentioned before, we're going to start doing the podcast on video as well as audio, not every episode, but a lot of episodes. So if you want to continue listening to me, you can do that here, or you can go to the YouTube link in the show notes and actually watch me coach Nicholas live on video. So I'm coming to you right now from Greece. I just arrived here yesterday. I'm in Mykonos with a group of friends. And something interesting happened on the plane ride over here, which I share about in my weekly blog. So if you aren't subscribed to that, go to christinehasler.com, opt in for my free coaching assessment, and then you'll be sure to get my email every week. But it was it surprised me. It happened on the plane and it was very uncomfortable and surprised me. And Coach Christine came forward and talked me through it and I realized what was going on. And like I said, I share about that in email and I'm sure some of you will relate to the experience that I had. Also, a couple quick announcements. You've heard me say that I'm coming to London. I'm already in Europe now. And the workshop that I'm teaching on the 21st has 10 spots left. It's an over it and on with it one day retreat. We're going to focus on one thing you want to let go of and one thing you want to step into. And we're also going to do an hour of yoga. Men and women are welcome. But like I said, it's selling out 10 spots left. You're going to want to go to christinehasler.com slash London and register today. Also, we're enrolling for my spring retreat. This is my signature retreat. This one's for women only. It's always waitlisted. You're going to want to grab your spot soon. That link is christinehasler.com slash spring dash retreat. And we'll make sure to put all those in the show notes as well. I want to get started by thanking our sponsors. First, Daily Harvest, which makes eating healthy easy with delicious plant-based foods that are ready in as little as 30 seconds. So you can do more of what you actually want to be doing. So for me during the summer, especially with all the traveling I have and the in and out, the last thing I want to do is spend time cooking. Plus, because I'm traveling so much, if I buy a bunch of produce and vegetables, sometimes it goes bad before I have a chance to use it. That is why I love Daily Harvest. It's a subscription service that makes eating healthy easy and requires basically no effort. And they deliver perfectly portioned cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables directly to your door. So for me, this is perfect because I can just throw things in the freezer and it stays fresh until I'm ready to eat it and just takes one step to prepare. All you have to do is add water or your favorite milk, mine's almond, to the cup and blend, heat, or soak. It's that easy. It's the perfect thing to have on hand for those days you don't have time to cook. Their smoothies are an easy way to guarantee a healthy breakfast or snack and cool down when it's way too hot out. Even better, they're made to be taken to go. So Daily Harvest is a great option to fall back on, but I realized it's becoming one of my first choices. So here's your call to action. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code over it to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code over it for three Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. And now a quick question for all the hardworking entrepreneurs putting in the hour while summer beckons. Has dealing with your day-to-day paperwork ever brought about feelings that resemble anything close to joy, satisfaction, or ease? Mm, Probably not. If you're ready for that change, our friends at FreshBooks are inviting you to try their ridiculously easy cloud accounting software that's a total joy to use. And yes... I just use the words ease, joy, and accounting in the same sentence. Using FreshBooks literally takes about 30 seconds to create and send a polished, professional-looking invoice. You can link your FreshBooks account to your credit and debit cards, so next time you expense that business lunch or tank of gas, it'll show up automatically in your FreshBooks account. And with two clicks, FreshBooks can set you up to receive payments online, which can seriously improve how quickly you get paid. To see all the ways FreshBooks can bring the joy to changing the way you feel about your paperwork, they're offering my listeners an unrestricted 30-day free trial. To claim it, go to freshbooks.com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. 
And now a little bit more about today's coaching session. Nicholas is coming in asking how he can be more connected to himself, to his family, just more connected in general. And I love this episode because we put some puzzle pieces of Nicholas's life together. And this is a great demonstration of someone who is incredibly strong and dependable and reliable in the world, showing how also strong vulnerability can be. You know, vulnerability is one of the things that's very underrated in our world. So watch this episode and start to really witness and see for yourself how vulnerability often is what leads to our biggest breakthroughs and consequently our deepest transformation. Also consider as you're watching, have you lived your life with a pattern of abandonment, meaning People tend to leave your life. You tend to be rejected. You tend to not be able to trust people. Is fear of abandonment or abandonment actually happening a theme in your life? Next, are you someone who likes to have it all figured out? Do you like to have it all together? Do you like to be the person that other people can rely on? Do you often use self-deprecating humor? How are you at receiving compliments? Are people really giving you words of affirmation? And finally, would you like to feel more connected in your life? have more intimate, vulnerable moments and relationships with people you feel close to? Would you like to feel more connected to yourself, more connected to a higher power and safer in your own skin? Keep these questions in mind as you watch my coaching session with Nicholas. Hi, Nicholas. Welcome to the show. Hi, Christine. What is your question? So my question is, how do I be more connected to people in general, but also like family, friends, Mm -hmm. and have just deeper connections in general. I find that I just uh, struggle a little bit with with actually maintaining deep connections, having deep connections, and then feeling trusting with, you know, people Mm -hmm. that I care about, like my wife, kids, things of that nature. So what do you define as a deep connection? I, I guess I don't have a good definition. I would say someone that you know, I can call when I need to someone that I, you know, feel that I can be open with them, be vulnerable with them, trust them with my secrets, my stories, things Mm -hmm. like that. And even if time passes that, you know, I can call them out of the blue and kind of just picks up where it left off. And you feel you don't have a lot of that in your life? Yeah. I'd say. Is there anyone you feel deeply connected to? Yeah, I feel very deeply connected to like my wife and my mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. but then I also like at times feel like I'm very distant from them. And mm-hmm. so I want to figure that out. And when you feel like you feel distant from them, how does that show up? Like what happens inside of you? How do you know you're distant? There's not like a, something that shows up. It's just like, I guess, a feeling of like nothing, right? Okay. So almost like disconnected, right? like you're physically there, but emotionally. Well, physically there, or also, you know, having listened to your podcast and things, um, I've sort of set up my life in a way that is generally disconnected. You're gone a lot. Yeah. So I'm gone a lot for my job, gone a lot just in general. So, okay. Okay. So I love that you're asking this question because anytime we're asking a question, we're ready for the answer. And usually the answer isn't, we'll just do this and do this and do this. And I'm not going to give you like a pie chart of the amount of time you should be spending with friends or anything like that. When we're looking for the answer, what we're really ready to is uncover the core wound that created the problem or issue in the first place. So there was some event in your life or a series of events that created a belief or a decision inside of you that it's just safer to be on your own, that it's safer to be not so connected, that it's safer not to rely so much on other people, that it's a little risky to be vulnerable, to be really seen, to let your guard down. Do you have any sense of where that comes from? Yeah, I do. Yeah? So, I mean, all the way back to when I was real little. So my mom and uh, biological dad broke up when I probably was six or nine months, somewhere in that range. And then there were some issues. I don't know the exact story, but essentially my grandparents had legal custody of me. And that was until I was about two years old. And then, you know, growing up, I was generally close with my brothers, um, moved from one area to a more affluent area because uh, the school system. But, you know, I was kind of like a hand-me-down kid. Parents didn't have a lot of money, et cetera. And then so 
the majority of the key memories are of problems with other kids, problems with, you know, women, problems with, you know, all these things throughout, you know, grade school, middle school, high school, a group of friends. When you say problems with people, what do you mean? Like what kind of problems? I I have a distinct memory of, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade and I was trying to like ask a girl out the way that like a sixth grader does. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, like, passes a sheet of paper. Yeah. Well, no, it was like, like, meet me here at this time or whatever. And like a candy store or something like that. And I remember going there and she showed up and I would started to talk with her and she goes, I, so it was some comment along the lines of like, I would never hang out with you or like, it was like, she intentionally showed up to like tear me down. Mm -hmm. And so I remember that, um, I remember a group of friends in high school that I was supposed to be close with. We hung out all the time. I apparently said or did something to one person's boyfriend Mm -hmm. the next day. No one called me back. No, like they vanished. Okay. So I'm sure that you've connected a lot of these dots yourself already. Let's see if we can connect them in a way that leads to some shifts for you. Um, so let me just make sure I have this right at six, around six to nine months old, your parents split, and then you were separated from your mom. Right. Okay. And then my mom got married to my father, and then, you know, the family unit continued. However, but you were separated from her and raised by your right. grandparents from nine yeah. months-ish to two? Yeah. Okay. So what do you think that uh, we'll call a seven-month-old child being separated from his mother, what do you think that does to the psyche and the nervous system? I'm assuming nothing good. <laughs> well, what do you think? I don't know. I would assume it would set in motion like, like, hey, people, the thing that I've kind of in my mind thought is, you know, people don't stay. People disappear. Exactly. Things like that. Exactly. And what it has wired inside of you is actually the physical experience of disconnection. Because our mother especially as a, as a young, I don't know if, you know, she was still nursing at that time, but our mother is what keeps us alive, right? Like literally we come out of her womb. This was your biological mother, right? She gave birth to you. So it's, it takes a child developmentally quite a while to feel safe, not being around the mom because you were literally inside of her. Right. And you were in so many ways ripped apart at an age where you still really needed physically to be connected to her. So you said before we started recording, you're fidgety. (laughs) This is why you're fidgety. Because you haven't ever felt safe in your own body. Because your basic sense of safety, even if you were given to your grandparents who were loving, you were very chemically and biologically attached to your mother. And then that was taken away and it was like your anchor got taken away. And so it sent off an alarm system inside your body at a very young age of where's, where's home? Where do I connect? Where do I belong? Do you understand this? I do. And it's interesting because I've never, like even growing up and as a teenager, I've never like feel like I belong. It's like, there's a, I always feel like an outsider looking in. Yes. Yes. Of course. It makes perfect sense. If your sense of home, if your sense of connection if your sense of belonging, if your sense of tribe was basically shattered at such a, like almost infancy, then of course, of course. So does it make sense? It does. And can you have tremendous compassion for yourself? I tend to, I should, I tend to not. um... So if you don't go to compassion, where do you go? Well, usually disconnection, numbing techniques, things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Which are, okay. And what do you, what do you get angry about? Actually, I'm pretty good most of the time, but small things. Like if you're doing a house project and like lose a tool or something, you're like, oh, like instantly, like the trigger to, to anger gets, is very easy. Well, I think that you and your life have accumulated a lot of pain and taken a lot of beatings and have been strong through it all. And like, I'm okay, I'm strong, whatever. Like, I'm the guy you can count on. I'm the guy that will go in and break up the fight, whatever it may be. And because of that, you've had to repress a lot. So a missing hammer can set you off because there's a lot of pressure built up in there. 
So that's one thing that the repressed anger and the, you know, when we feel a sense of disconnection and not belonging, sometimes we'll, we'll contort ourselves into a pretzel to try to feel like we belong. And it sounds to me, Nicholas, like your whole life, you've been trying to figure out how do I belong? Where do I fit in? And that has perpetuated the misunderstanding that you don't belong where it's true that we all belong. Does this make sense? But you've had, and every human being, I don't want to say every human being, but a lot of human beings have, have issues around feeling like we belong. You know, that's, that's our biggest core wound is the sense of separation because we all, when we come into the world, know that we're one, we're connected to source, God, whatever we want to call it. And the illusion of separation is the most painful thing we as humans experience. But you had like an extra credit on that lesson in the sense of not only have you come into the human experience and have to navigate through this illusion of separation, but you actually were separated from your mother. So it was like, it's, it's even been harder for you. So that's why it's so important to have tremendous compassion for what you've been through. And the resolution to this is finding home and belonging inside of you, connecting deeply to you. How connected do you feel to yourself? Very disconnected, unfortunately. Like I've noticed. So one of the reasons um, that it started to like, I'd noticed it more is, so my wife tends to be more of an introvert, Mm -hmm. but she's kind of like found her tribe of people. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed like, like I don't have a tribe. I don't Mm -hmm. belong. I don't. And then I think back, like some people go, oh, I love golf. And Mm -hmm. I I don't have that. I don't have like a thing that I like. I think Mm -hmm. like. So I like struggle with like, like, who are you? Like, what are you? Yeah. Well, there's a level of healing and work that's beyond my toolbox here, but there are people who do basically like EMDR is great because it was a very traumatic event that you went through being separated from your mother at a very young age. And there are people who specialize in like infant trauma, like birth to two years old, because what happens at that age is incredibly significant and it requires a very specialized training to help people go back and heal some of those core wounds. So after we finish recording and everything, I can give you some more information on that. But I feel like there are resources out there that could really help you because there's like a developmental wiring in there that got a little like glitched. Does this make sense? It makes sense the way you say it, but I, I'm not putting two and two together with that because it didn't, I don't know. I just don't understand how something at that age like would project out to this age. Okay. Why not? I I don't know. Like I've had a pretty good life, pretty good upbringing. Like all things have been, I mean, yeah, everybody has their struggles. So well, that, I think that, I guess it was something unexpected that I wouldn't. Right. But even what you just said sort of, um, reconfirms what I'm saying. You've had a pretty good life and a pretty good upbringing, yet you have this pervasive problem of feeling like you don't belong and like you're not connected and fidgety and uncomfortable in your own skin. So if you've had a pretty good life and a pretty good upbringing, why would you be feeling this way? Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it kind of goes back to at a very young age, you had your whole sense of safety, your whole sense of connecting, a whole sense of belonging ripped out from under you. It's very traumatic. You have two kids, right? Yeah, I have a well, twenty-year-old. He turns twenty-one, and a fourteen-year-old. Okay. Do you remember when they were seven months? Mm-hmm. What do you what? think? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Were they pretty reliant on your wife? Yeah, I would imagine. So mine is a little bit different of a story in that. So I was, and I don't know if this is correlation or anything. Okay. So I was adopted by my father. Okay. And then, so I met my wife. I was 19. She was 20. She already had a kid who was okay. three. So it was sort of instant family. So okay. I wasn't a part of that beginning story. And then we had another kid and then, you know. But you were part of that beginning story, the right. other kid. Yeah. Okay. Son or daughter? Uh, both boys. Both boys. Okay. So do you remember when your your biological son was a baby? Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine if all of a sudden your wife had disappeared? Not really. <laughs> It'd be very problematic. Right. What do you think that would have been like for your son at seven months old? Really hard. Yeah. 
Like think back. Do you remember how much he needed her nurturing and her love and her presence? Do you remember how connected he was as an infant to mommy? Okay. And can you see how having that, because you had it. It wasn't like you were born and she was gone. You had it for, give it seven months or so. Right. And then it was gone. Starting to put two and two together a little bit? I am. I can trust. I can trust it. Well, listen, I don't want to insert something into your awareness that doesn't feel true. It makes sense to me. I just, I guess it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. So having done a lot of self-work and reading books and things of that nature, I never really correlated those two points. Where did you think your struggles were coming from? I just assumed that it was the lack of connection and the, I guess I don't consider it trauma, but the trauma of continuous, I guess, abandonment by people. So right. abandoned by a biological dad, abandoned by friends, abandoned by friends again, right. etc. So, well, all that stacks on it, but the initial core wound was abandonment by mom, disconnection from primary sense of safety. And so everything else just continued to reinforce that story. So could this be a reason why, like, I find it difficult just to trust people in general, Yes. but also like one of the things I struggle with is like, so I've been with my wife, I think 18 years now. Yeah. In total, we've been married like 10. And there are times when I'm like, I wonder what she's doing. And like, I'll walk in the door and she's doing what she, she's working. Like she runs a business. <laughs> and like, I just have sometimes gnawing senses of something is going tragically wrong. Or like, I've even asked her, like, why are you married to me? Like, I don't mm-hmm. like, like I always joke with people. I'm like, I married well above my pay grade, mm-hmm. you know, but I also like sometimes like do like actually question like, what is it you see about me? Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. And so your question to me is what? I guess, is that a, a component of it? Like, well, let me ask you this. If you, if I was your buddy and you had all your self-help books and podcasts that you listen to, right? <laughs> Salesperson by day, therapist by night. Right. Um, and he was telling you, man, my mom got divorced, abandoned me when I was like seven months old. And now I have issues trusting women. I don't know. Kind of weird. Well, when you say it like that, it's a little little more obvious. Yeah. Of course. And I'm not making light of it. Right. I I just want to help you form some connections here so you know where the healing needs to happen. The healing really is ultimately forgiving your mom. But first, getting out all the anger. Because I can imagine as a young kid when you started to realize what happened, because at some point the story was told to you about mom leaving and giving you to grandparents, and you made that mean something about you. Like, why didn't she stay? Why did she give you to grandparents? What was wrong with you? And that's actually a narrative that I've had also. Over the course of time, I wound up finding and meeting my biological dad and you know, the stories, I, my mom was always very honest about stuff and their stories always match up, but that was like a constant theme. Like, what is so wrong with me that like my own parent didn't want to be in my life? Exactly. And nothing is wrong with you. It was about her and whatever was going on in her life. And not only do you have to forgive her, but you need to forgive your, and forgiveness doesn't mean condoning, but forgive yourself for buying to this understanding that something was wrong with you. Because because of that significant event, you have made yourself meaningless and insignificant in a lot of ways. And no wonder you feel disconnected. So if you could go back and tell like your younger self, the little boy inside of you who was starting to have these thoughts about, why didn't my mom want me? Why did my dad leave? Why don't kids accept me? What would you tell him? I'd say people have their own issues. It has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. You haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. You're lovable. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that when you say it, though? I don't know. In this moment, there are times, yes, and then there are times when I'm like, 
it just going through the motions like mm-hmm. doesn't always feel it doesn't necessarily always feel very deep and genuine and like actually like meaningful when does it feel meaningful um there are times when i like during a quiet meditation things mm-hmm. of that nature you know but i probably don't i'm not i not, don't consistently focus on it because also up until this conversation i hadn't really thought that far back on it yeah yeah and i really do think that you know if you can spend a little time researching people that can really help with infant trauma, like, you know, pre-verbal, super young things that happen either in birth or in that first year, I think that could be incredibly helpful because there are people that specialize in that and could really help you with those tools, get to that event and help you reprogram your brain. Because it was like, it's almost like that created a, a, a neural net in your brain that wired your programming that's continuing to create this feeling of abandonment and self-doubt and distrust of women and all those kinds of things. Because at a very sort of deep level, you don't feel safe. Does that make sense? Like, I know you feel safe in the world, like you can protect yourself, but safe in the sense of people aren't going to leave. People are going to still love you no matter what. I mean, safe, emotional safety, social safety. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me and it makes sense why it's easy for me to walk into a group of strangers, make a couple friends, but we're not like friends. Mm-hmm. We're not on a deep, we're socially connected. Right. Well, because if you have such low self-worth, then it's going to feel really scary to let people really see you. I just, I sort of struggle with it only because like I have a very high self-confidence in like Certain, I guess, certain arenas of my life or just in general, I've never thought of it as like a low self-worth or. How do you think you have a high self-confidence? Well, in just like the arenas of life that I do, like in sales or mm-hmm. being, being a parent to my kids or accomplishing tasks around the house mm-hmm. or in life in general. Not in life in general. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Outside of the emotional arena in which I've chosen to disconnect and numb. Outside of intimacy and personal relationships. As many points as possible. Yeah. Yeah. How does it feel to have this kind of intimacy right now? It's very difficult. How is it difficult? Trying to not be like defensive or, Mm -hmm. and being very open and vulnerable to the Mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess I tend to have these defense mechanisms and, Mm So much. It's interesting. On the way here, I was going to, I had a sport jacket that I was planning mm-hmm. on wearing. Then I almost left it at my house. Mm-hmm. And then I was getting ready to, to leave and I almost left it at my car. And I'm like, I thought to myself, this is like an armor piece that mm-hmm. the universe is saying, just leave it behind. I love that. And so I was like, okay, I will be vulnerable. I will mm-hmm. be in the moment and I love that. forward. I love that. And, and that's going back to what I said in the beginning. Now we ask a question and we're searching for an answer when we're finally ready to see what the core issue really is. And that's before I even knew what we were going to be talking about. And I think we really got to the core issue. And this is truly not, not just about you feeling connected to others, but you really allowing yourself to be loved. allowing yourself to be cared for. And in a lot of senses, allowing yourself to be mothered because we all have, you know, there, there are different people in our life that, that fulfill that role of mothering and nurturing and all those kinds of things. And then we all, no matter if we're a man or a woman, have that inner mother archetype inside of us, that very nurturing part. Like, like for example, that voice that said, leave the armor at home. That's that loving mothering part. I can see that. And I love that you're starting to connect to that, which means you're really ready for this to be different. You're ready to feel connected. You're ready to feel safe with other people. Not physically safe. I know you got it covered physically, <laughs> but I mean emotionally safe. So you don't have to keep yourself at a distance. I definitely, I agree. I'm ready. And like, I just like go through my head, like some of the things that I do from a behavioral standpoint, like. Even if my wife's like, oh, I love you so much. And like at some level inside of me, I'm like discounting that in some way. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and then I feel guilty. Like, wow, she's really 
and open and vulnerable with you and caring. And in your brain, you're like, I don't see why she would. And yeah. it's. Yeah. So one thing that you could try with your wife, it sounds like she really loves you and she's really willing to, to just be there with you is in those moments where you're needing reassurance, just ask her if she'll just hold you and just let her hold you. Not like, you know, like actually physically, but you know, like just let her embrace you and just feel what it feels like to have somebody there physically. Cause a lot of this is, it's physical for you, you know, like you need that kind of just like, I got you feeling safe again. Cause words will only go so far. You almost need it in your cells. It's funny because I'm a very touchy person. Mm-hmm. My wife's not a super touchy person, mm-hmm. so well, it's I, like opposites attract. Well, or you attracted someone who helps you with this pattern of safety and emotional disconnection. Or that. So maybe you can help each other because no one's not a touchy person or a touchy person, right? We all need connection. and We just have different. Let me ask you this. You said you're a touchy person. Are you more comfortable giving touch or receiving? Probably giving touch. So practice receiving and let her practice giving. Do you think she could do that if you just had that oh. request? Oh, yeah. 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 So that would be something to practice. The other thing would be to research people that can really help with, you know, zero to one trauma, significant events, abandonment. Because it is a, um, it's a significant psychological and developmental thing. And there are people that are specialized in that and they have amazing tools. So why not take advantage of that rather than trying to figure it all out on your own and reading a gazillion self-help books? You know, there could be something very specific that goes straight to it. It's like the difference between treating a bunch of symptoms versus getting to the core. Oh, makes sense. Core issue. Yeah. Yeah. And in the meantime... It's so important for you to go a little bit more into those feminine qualities of compassion, of nurturing, of patience, vulnerability, softness, all those things. All the things I need practice on. (laughs) Yes. Well, we all do. And it won't make you less manly in any way, but it will help you start to feel more connected to yourself. So I noticed that you weren't fidgety. Was it hard not to be fidgety? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I mean, I'm focused on looking mm-hmm. at you instead of fidgeting, things mm-hmm. like that. But also, we're having a conversation, so it's mm-hmm. not it's not downtime, right? If it was mm-hmm. downtime and we were just watching a TV show in the same room, it might be uh, it might be different. Okay. So, part of why I think you're you didn't feel fidgety in this moment is because you feel like someone kind like would you feel like in this in this situation. Um, like I pretty much have your back, like you feel held. So notice when you feel held either emotionally or physically, your nervous system can calm down. But in those moments where it's like not even, even if even if like your conscious mind knows I'm at home watching TV, there's still this part of your amygdala that fires up every once in a while of when's the other shoe going to drop? When's somebody going to leave me? When something's going to happen. And that's that uh, part. So that's your alarm system. Your fidgetiness is your alarm system that you're disconnected. You need to take a breath. Ask yourself, what do I need right now? How can I calm my nervous system down? Making sense? Makes sense. Questions? Not really. I, I mean, it all seems to correlate back mm-hmm. to that not trusting, trying to build evidence that someone doesn't like your people. They like, mm-hmm. So it all seems to funnel back to that. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense. And in the meantime, you know, um, are you open to exploring, looking for a practitioner that can really help you? Yeah. Okay, great. So in between now and then, it would be very helpful when you're out in the world just to reaffirm, I am safe, I can trust people, I'm connected. Like whatever you need to say and feel so that you can start rewiring that brain. And you said you meditate? Yes. What's your connection to a higher power? 
Well, I've, I mean, I've typically just been spiritual, been meditation type stuff. Interestingly, recently, I've been thinking about going to church, which is very odd for me. I used to go to church with my great grandma and basically I would fall asleep on her lap and that was kind of it. There was no like real like sense of you have to be to church every single Sunday. Right. And so, you know, like other things, I just suppressed it and said, yeah, we'll put that on hold. Well, I would listen to that, those impulses and that, that falling asleep on your great grandmother's lap. That's why you like church <laughs> because you got to just be held again and feel safe and feel like you can let go. Cause my other, the other thing I get from you is that you, um, you carry a lot on your shoulders. Yeah, I tend to. Right. Whether it's real or not real. Right. And a lot of pressure and all those kinds of things to be strong, to have it all figured out, to be the caretaker, to be the provider, to even to, to grow and evolve and be the best salesman, like whatever, or the guy people can count on. You know, it's like when, when we feel so betrayed by someone that we believe we should have counted on, we overcompensate and form this identity of I will be the person people can count on. Makes sense because I know myself that I tend to be like loyal to a fault. Mm-hmm. Like excessively. So, mm-hmm. so it's putting yourself first more. Not that you're going to be a jerk to other people, no, but agree. you need to unburden yourself a little bit and disidentify with being the strong one. Be the connected one instead. To do that. Yeah. How do you feel in this moment? I feel very calm. I feel very. I don't know if you like you throw a rock into a pond and you see the ripples mm-hmm. that feel like prior to the rock entering. Like it's very mm-hmm. feel very calm and almost like like I have a direction. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I thought I'm like oh, I have some answers and I have a good idea and this you know this conversation mm-hmm. will help refine that idea. Mm-hmm. And now it's like it was unexpected, but it feels correct. Wonderful. That's how truth feels. Truth feels like a relief. Truth feels like calm. Truth feels like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Now I get it. So I acknowledge you for being ready and available for that. Yeah. And compassion is your best friend right now. The more compassion you feel for yourself, the more accepting you are of yourself, the more connected you will feel. Because anytime you judge yourself, anytime you put pressure on yourself, Anytime you do the self-deprecating humor, which I really want you to stop, really want you to stop that. Because what do you think self-deprecating humor does? It just probably reinforces. Reinforces. It's a sense of a self-abandonment. Like if you gave me a compliment and I made some self-deprecating response, not only did I fle- deflect the compliment, but I abandoned myself because I didn't receive the acknowledgement. I know it's hard because you've got a great sense of humor, but, but use it in other ways. No self-deprecating. And when people see you and acknowledge you and compliment you, thank you. I can do that. I know you can. I know you can. So what would you like to acknowledge yourself for? I guess I would like to acknowledge myself for being open and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. even though sometimes it's more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I feel like I'm ready, but it's still sometimes tough to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? <laughs> um, um, I guess this is tough. I don't know, for being a, a good partner. Part of the reason that I want mm-hmm. to, um, you know, improve personally is to be a better husband, better father, mm-hmm. you know, better, you know, mm-hmm. human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing I want to acknowledge you for is that you haven't become a victim. You haven't used anything as an excuse. And despite all the times that you've been abandoned and people haven't shown up for you, you continue to be loyal and you continue to show up for others. And so now it's just time to turn that on yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for showing 
so many people that are watching and listening what being vulnerable as a man looks like and how important it is and how powerful it is and how wonderful it is that we're like releasing some of the conditioning that being strong and taking care of everything and figuring it all out and, you know, all that kind of stuff that that's an aspect of masculinity, but it's even more powerful when men can be courageously vulnerable. So thank you for modeling that for people. One of my favorite things to do is to coach men because I love that we're living in a time when so many men are coming forward and being willing to be vulnerable and are willing to share openly and courageously because I think sometimes it's harder even for men to to be vulnerable because there's sort of this expectation and there's this pressure to be strong and have it all together. And that's true for all of us men and women. But I think women, we have a little more flexibility in our conditioning to quote unquote fall apart or to be vulnerable or to cry or let our emotions lead. Whereas men, I think, feel a little more pressure to hold things together. And thank you to Nicholas for having the courage to just to be vulnerable and to be honest and to share what was true for him. So I encourage all you men watching or listening to find places in your life, be it with friends, be it with your significant others, be it with a coach or a therapist or whatever it may be, to allow that vulnerability to come forward because that actually will make you more powerful. That's why I love Brene Brown's work so much. If you don't know Brene Brown, go look her up. You must live under a rock if you don't know Brene Brown and you watch this show. But I love how she talks so much about the power of vulnerability and how how much courage it actually takes. And when we are vulnerable and we allow ourselves to be truly seen and we don't like hold it all together, we actually tap into even more courage and we become even more powerful because it takes a lot of energy to hold all together, hold it all together and to be strong and to not be weak. We can let ourselves let down the guard. And when we let down the guard and we're vulnerable, we can get more insight into our core issues, our hurts, our wounding areas we're holding ourselves back. Then through that vulnerability, we find true strength. So let's talk a little bit about the coaching session with Nicholas. He came in asking about feeling more connected. You know, he has relationships in his life, but he's feeling a little disconnected. He wants to feel more connected to, to friends, to family, just to people in general, but ultimately to himself. And so I asked him, you know, if this ties to any significant life events. And he started telling me his life story and kind of went fast through the part about parents getting divorced and then moving in with his grandparents and skipped to other things. But as soon as he said, 69 months old, my parents got divorced, I went and lived with my grandparents, my inner alarm system went off. And I just saw this picture of this young child almost being taken away from his mother. And I know how traumatic that can be for anyone at any age, but particularly an infant who still is so biologically wired to his mother. You know, infants, to, to I don't even know how old it is when this stops, but as babies, they can smell their mother when she walks into a room. That's how connected an infant is to his or her mother. So having that go away is very, very jarring to the psyche, to the nervous system, to a sense of connection, to development, to safety, to security, to all of that. So given that this happened and then he felt abandoned by his father and then he had all these other issues in, in, in grade school and high school and beyond and so on and so forth. The fact that he has built a marriage and a job and a profession and all of those things, despite everything he's been through, just really speaks to the strength of his spirit and also really speaks to how much he wants to be able to resolve this core wound. And part of his soul curriculum, from my point of view in this lifetime, is really to learn about connection. And as human beings, we had, we learn through contrast. So one of his divine, if one of his divine assignments is to come to the, the, this earth and learn about connection to self, to others, and to spirit, he had to experience the ultimate in disconnection to feel the contrast of that. So he can, through his lifetime, come back to what healthy, pure, loving connection feels like. So I, part of my coaching to him, and this is something that I do often, 
I don't have all the tools in my toolbox. And I know that when there's trauma at a young age, especially in infancy before the age of one, you need a specific set of tools to be able to work with that, tools which I don't have. So I encouraged him to research that, to find practitioners that could really help him. And I truly believe, and I see this time and time again, when we are ready to heal something, the right teachers appear. Like I can think of something in my life right now where I was ready to heal a core issue. And all of a sudden, I discovered these two practitioners doing something I had never heard of in my life. And it was like, yep, they're the people that can help me with that. It's when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I love that Nicholas was willing and, and willing to explore that and to do that work. And then in his own inner work, it really is about nurturing that inner child inside of him, the part of him that's scared, the part of him that doesn't trust people, the part of him that, you know, is safe and thinks he can trust someone, but never knows when the other shoe's going to drop. And that, as he said, was showing up in his marriage, even though his wife is giving him no reason not to trust her. Because he has that old fear tied to his mom leaving him, this person that he thought he could trust, this person that he was biologically wired to and needed, that person leaving, of course there's this unconscious fear of primary woman in my life may leave me at any moment. So the more he can reassure himself, nurture that wound, and again, ask his wife for what he needs, not necessarily just in terms of words, but an actual physical touch. Because like I said, abandonment really triggers the the amygdala in our brain. It triggers that fight or flight reptilian fear-based thing. And and a lot of times words aren't enough to soothe that part of us. We need touch. We actually need physical intimacy. We need to be soothed. The nervous system needs to calm down. So that's why I suggested to him, when that fire is up inside of you and you need that reassurance, to say to your wife, hey, can you hold me? Like, I, I need a hug. I need to feel physically connected right now. This is also about finding the inner feminine, the inner mother inside of him. As men or women, we all have masculine and feminine inside of us. And whatever we have core wounding with, be it our mother or father, sometimes both, we have to find that divine parent inside of us. So for Nicholas, it's finding that divine mother inside of him, finding the nurturing and soothing and compassionate qualities that are there for him. And finding that divine father, it's like, you know, our parents are human beings. They do the best we can, they can. But part of our evolution is finding that connection to the divine masculine, the divine feminine, and knowing that we're so connected. And the truth is none of us can ever be abandoned. Even if physical people leave our lives, we actually can never be abandoned because we're all one. We're all connected. We're all children of God, spirit, universe, however you want to say it. And the more we have that internal connection to ourselves and to our higher power, the more we can realize that, you know what, we can never truly be abandoned. And we need to honor our own commitment to ourselves to not abandon ourselves. And we do that in different ways. For Nicholas, one of the ways he does it is in self-deprecating humor or is in numbing devices in even being fidgety in a moment instead of really like checking in and asking himself, like, what do I really need in this moment? How am I feeling unsafe? How am I feeling uncertain? What do I need? So we want to make sure that we are not reinforcing external abandonment by internally abandoning ourselves. So how can you show up for yourself more? How can you make yourself feel safe and connected and soothed even more? And my style of coaching for Nicholas was twofold. One, it was a little bit of a discovery process, like helping him, because I can, I can tell he's a very intelligent person and he likes to have things make sense. So I really was committed to helping him kind of get to a core issue that would help him understand why certain things have been the way that they are. Because I feel like if he's someone that has sort of the, the reason or the cause, then he's really good at taking action to resolve it. But even more so than that, it really was moving into the energetic of mother. Not that I was mothering him, but that I was creating a space that felt safe, that felt nurturing, that felt like he could say anything he needed to say, where he felt held. You know, as a man in his life that's a salesperson and driven and as a father and a husband, he has to lead a lot of the time. And in this particular session, I wanted the feminine to lead. I wanted to hold a space of that more mothering feminine energy where he felt like he could just sit back and relax and he didn't have to run the show and he didn't have to lead anything. 
And by modeling that to him, hopefully he can have more of an experience of what his own inner feminine looks like, where he can just give him that, give himself that space to relax and be nurtured and feel really helped. So some takeaways for you. First, get out of your own way and be open to the perspective and insight of someone else. What I loved about Nicholas is he was open. You know, you heard him say he came into this session with a lot of self-awareness and a particular expectation of how he thought it would go or what he thought the significant event was. And I brought something to his awareness that he hadn't really thought of in the way that we talked about it. So really be open to another perspective, especially for you men out there who like to have things figured out. If you're going, if you're seeking help of someone else, don't go into the situation thinking you have it all figured out. Really be open to a different perspective. Be open to a different point of view. And please take the pressure off yourself to figure it all out on your own. Because if you haven't noticed, you don't live in the universe alone. There's this over-expectation and pressure and almost uh, validation for being fiercely independent and figuring things out on our own. Why would we want to do that where there's all these other people in the world that can sometimes help us? And yes, I believe we have all the inner resources inside of us to heal, to transform, to discover whatever we need to discover about ourselves. But sometimes we need other people that have tools that we don't have. So I have the inner resource of being able to find the teachers and healers and practitioners that can help me find new tools that I don't necessarily know I have. So that brings me to takeaway number two of when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And yes, you have tons of inner resources. You have the universe inside of you. But sometimes we need another person to help us find those tools, remember those tools. So if you feel stuck with a certain thing, if there's a significant life event you just can't seem to get to the other side of, start asking for the teacher or the practitioner to show up. Be more proactive about that because there are uniquely gifted people that may be able to help you with a significant issue that you haven't been able to get to the other side of. But you have to be open, willing, ready, and available for those people to show up in your life. Next, know that you have masculine and feminine inside of you. Make sure that you're nurturing both sides of that, that masculine part of you that makes you feel safe, and that feminine part of you that has so much compassion and nurturing and just makes you feel held. And ask the people in your life for what you need. Stop the being strong thing. Let yourself be vulnerable because vulnerability is true strength. And finally, trust your impulses. Nicholas said he had this impulse to start going to church again. I hope he listens to that because there's something for him to feel or discover there. I think there's a sense of safety and comfort, especially from the feminine, that he'll find there. So trust those impulses. Even if they're random, don't regard them. So that's our episode for today. You can watch more episodes on this channel, or you can download hundreds of live coaching podcasts on the Over It and On With It show on iTunes. Until next time, thank you so much for watching and listening. Please share this episode with anyone you think it may serve. And I'm sending you much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 